Some shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Bo Henderson. One of the things we talk about a lot, especially in this world, 2020, in being a business owner, being an entrepreneur is stress. And I've seen a lot of extra stress, and we've heard that from our guests too, that this COVID world has brought to business. Yes, and one of the things I think that helps so much in relieving stress is getting the right information. And I noticed, Bo, that in addition to having developed your speaking presentation skills, you have become a nationally known, even internationally known writer. Forbes and entrepreneur, that's that's pretty good company you're in there. Well, I was tra- I had some some good training early on by by people like Dr. Bill Lampton. Mm-hmm. Now, so yeah, I think the the article you're referencing that came out this week in Entrepreneur, uh, it was talking about financial stress and and a couple things we can do uh, to avoid it. And somebody who maybe moves from the corporate scene to become an entrepreneur, maybe this is the first time they've really had to face the fact that they are totally responsible for their own economic future. And I think the first the first step we really talked about here and we get to is take some time. I noticed we were able to slow down in some areas this year and work on some things that we, we didn't were have. forced to. Right. We we're forced to. But it also created opportunities to work on some areas of our business that we just didn't have time to in the past because we were so busy. And one of those uh, that I think people can do to reduce stress overall is pay attention to the finances, learn the finances, make sure you're continually improving your relationship with money because long-term that's going to have the biggest impact on your business and can alleviate a lot of stress. Yes. And I liked what you said in the article that we cannot just focus on the here and now. And the point you made is that people become entrepreneurs because they love what they do. And that's great, and it's, it's, very, it's very important. At the same time, you need to be very practical and not just love what you do and do that all day long, but look, look ahead to tomorrow, next year, and, and beyond financially. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes, too, we see is if we just so focused on this year and what we can accomplish this year, we also got to make sure we're looking at how the decisions this year pan out and play out five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. So it's thinking with a long-term point of view. It's interesting, of course, in many job interviews, sometimes a person is asked, where do you see yourself five years from now? What do you want to be doing five years from now? We do need to look ahead. Well, if you don't know where you're going, you might just end up somewhere you didn't intend to go or you don't really like. And that's that's kind of what we want to avoid there. But enough about that article. I just wanted to, to talk through that a minute because that was kind of a fun piece to see them put that out there at Entrepreneur. Uh, but let's Congratulations. Talk, thank you, Bill. Uh, let's talk about our guests today. I'm really excited about these guys. Now, they're really accomplishing something out there in the research and the work they're doing. Would you like to bring them in? Yes, I'd be glad to. And guess what? I think I can pronounce it. They deal with pharmacogenetics. How about that? I think you got it. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Very happy to have Brett Gross and Robbie Rupard with us today. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So this is the dynamic duo. This is the team at ProGenix. Yes. That's Big Red and Bubba. Oh, I like it. I like it. That's that's the scientific names, right? That's the professional names. Guys, tell us a little bit just about the, before we jump into some specifics, just how did you get here? What what in the world brought you guys to doing what you're doing with the business you're doing today? Because I I just don't see, you started off in high school saying, this is what I want to do in my life. It Probably some opportunities came up. What's the story? Uh, Well, 
I've done a bunch of different types of businesses. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I like starting companies. Find something you're passionate about and uh, try to become a subject matter expert and build something on it. And um, I had been in the... uh, I'd been uh, in the healthcare business for uh, five or six years in a medical device firm. We were looking for, uh, I was looking for an opportunity to uh, do something new and ran across the science of pharmacogenetics, which is the science of how your body responds to medications. And we knew that medication problems occurred all the time. You know, more, it's, it's one of the highest causes of death in the United States today. So uh, the, the science of pharmacogenetics allows you to look specifically at, at the um, uh, individual's genetic makeup and determine which medications would work really good for them and which ones might cause harm, which ones might fail. And so societally, there was a huge opportunity to, uh, tr- to provide benefit if you could find a systemic way to uh, deploy this type of technology. At the time that I got into it, there was a lot of people around that were just kind of selling it. They were peddlers. And, um, and I, I knew that that science would never see its you know, real uh, promise uh, to be displayed properly unless you could find a systemic way to do that. And, and so... Um, so we got into the long-term care space uh, with a uh, vertical channel partner, and um, and it was it was an exciting time because we just had an idea, and yet this large pharmacy company said, "Look, the way you guys are talking about doing this, this makes sense. You're not a you're not a peddler. You're a clinical decision support tool that our clients can use." And and so that's how I found my way into it, and then I got into it thinking I might spend a year, and then a year turned two, and then three, and now we're now we're on year six, and I I got lucky. Uh, Brett and I have had been friends and golfing buddies, and and uh, Brett had been with a large uh, pharmaceuticals uh, distribution company, and uh, so he understood the challenges of the industry. And uh, one day we were after a round of golf, I was kind of showing him what we did and and how our our mobile app worked, and how we used the data, and and Brett got excited and off to the races. Yeah, so I think it was about 10,000 feet at Squaw Valley on Siberia on a ski run um, early March of 2018 and had an epiphany. It said, uh, this is something that I really want to do. And I called Robbie and I said, I'm not high from the altitude. It's, I've been thinking about this and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to leave my company and I'm going to, to, to go into business with you and help you realize this dream. And uh, very quickly, we, we began uh, a whiteboarding session over several cigars and a few bottles of wine we did. Uh, in a few <laughs> days. It was a few days. That's a lot of wine. And we, well, there's a lot of cigars, too. <laughs> a lot of cigars. <laughs> we actually still have those. I thought white- you guys were in the health business. <laughs> we actually still have those whiteboards. We're business guys. In our office. Yeah, we are. Um, well, I'm actually, I have an engineering background, and uh, I had a lobotomy and moved into sales and marketing. So... Um, that's my, uh, my engineering joke. Um, <laughs> anyways, we, we decided that um, you know, we were onto something real big with pharmacogenetic testing, uh, the portal that, uh, that had been developed, and made the decision that we really had to have a laboratory uh, to take it full circle. We needed to control our own destiny because really nothing happens in this business uh, until somebody is tested. And being at the mercy of a, a reference laboratory or someone else where they weren't running product on your timetable and you weren't maximizing the economic value of the tests uh, 100% was, was something that we changed. So 
we came to Gainesville um, here uh, uh, into the uh, business incubator at Brunel University, built a beautiful lab, and uh, been there for almost two years now. So we are, we are now uh, not only a clinical decision support company, but we're also a CLIA-certified uh, uh, Georgia-licensed laboratory. We're talking to Robbie Rupert here with Brett Grouse at Progenix. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton on North Georgia Business Radio X. And guys, as you're explaining this, I want to understand a little more about the relationship and partner or coordination with the long-term care industry. So that was that was important to to me at the time. I, I had gone out and made some initial marketing forays, trying to get into a health system. And at the time, I, I actually we approached the uh, the Gwinnett Health System folks down there. And, and what I came away from all those meetings was there was not enough good data to support uh, the advancement by a health system of the use of pharmacogenetic testing. And so I knew I needed data. And the best place to get data was in long-term care. Uh, we had lots of people. They've got plenty of uh, comorbidities, lots of different sicknesses. Uh, they take lots of medications. And uh, something called polypharmacy is a real problem with them. And the you know, it's a snowball effect. You take one medication and it's causing the side effects. You take another one for that. And 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 so we decided that, that the best place to develop data and develop, you know, really a good experience in, in providing clinical decision support around this test data was the long-term care industry. And so so um, I'd like to say that I was really, really smart and, and went to see Pharmerica and said, hey, you guys. But, but actually, uh, it didn't work like that. It was complete luck. Uh, I had a friend who was constantly telling me, you need to meet this person, you need to meet that person. And um, they set me up a breakfast meeting um, for, uh, to, to meet one of the local Pharmerica senior folks. And I actually stood them up. I forgot about it and was taking my daughter to school. And I get a phone call saying, where are you? And I'm like, oh, my God. And so they forgave me for that because we had a good message. And, we and was so able what to is Pharmerica? So Pharmerica is the second largest long-term care pharmacy provider. They're considered what's called a closed-door pharmacy. So they, they manage all the prescribing and all of the legal work around uh, prescription medications in long-term care facilities. And so they were a perfect partner because they, it was a very competitive industry. They needed a differentiator. We, we provided, you know, a differentiating factor for them when they're making sales and, uh, and also helped improve the outcomes and, and reduce cost of care in their client facilities. And so they took us on. We did a, a one-year pilot that turned into a two-year pilot. And then they were, then they were purchased by Walgreens and um, KKR. Uh, about a year and a half ago, and and um, Brett had a, a relationship with some of the folks at Walgreens, and so everything happens really slow in healthcare, but the long-term care space was was just the perfect place for us to be, and it it provided us now a, a, a jumping-off point for health system deployments because of that experience, and it gave us some credibility. When we come back, we're going to take a break, guys, but I want to talk some about application. So the listeners out there, okay, I see how this is being applied and where they're going with this. And also, I'd love to hear, too, how COVID-19 has impacted what you guys are doing. I'm Bo Henderson here with Bill Lampton. We're talking to the guys at Progenix. We'll be right back with more right here on North Georgia Business Radio X.
listening to North Georgia Business Radio X at WTUN. Here with Bo Henderson, I'm Bill Lampton, and we're focusing today on pharmacogenetics. And our guests are experts in that topic, Robbie Rupard and Brett Gross. Bo, take it from there. Well, guys, yeah, so before we went to the break, one of the things I was talking, I wanted to, to bring up is just the application. So I get it. And what I really love that you were starting to talk about there, Robbie, was this idea of it's not a rule of thumb. Here, here you have these things going on. Go take these medications. It Medications affect different people differently, right? And I, and I can't tell you when I was in mental health years ago how we would see all these medications and what's counteracting what, what's causing what. So I love the idea that you guys are trying to dig deeper and actually find solutions and customize plans for individuals. Um, but, but what is the application to this? How does this apply to the person out there maybe listening or um, beyond? Well, so you brought up mental health. Right. There, there's a great application there. So uh, the percentage of young people and old people today uh, taking antidepressant medications is huge. And uh, typically, you go in to see the doctor, I'm feeling depressed. They do some diagnosis, and they're going to give them Celexa or Lexapro, pretty much standard uh, medication. It's kind of a standard of care medication. And then They'll adjust it up and down until they feel like that they've got you to a level of, of therapy, and and sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. So um, so with medications like that, uh, there are metabolizing enzymes that are produced by your liver that clear that medication out of your body. And about 35% of the people in the United States have anomalies in the metabolizing enzymes that work on Lexapro and Celexa. And, and in some cases, those enzymes are produced a really, really high quantity, quantity so you, it clears out of the body so fast it doesn't give you any therapeutic benefit. And the flip side is, is if, if you produce really, really low levels of that, and that's about 4% of the population, then those people, a normal dosing is actually an overdose. And then there are other things uh, related, not necessarily to metabolism, but mechanisms of action. What happens with the drug in the body that with, with antidepressants has to do with serotonin. And so elevated serotonin levels can cause all kinds of problems. And so monkeying around with that without having a really good feel for uh, what's, what they're going to respond best to um, is, is actually going to cause more challenges. In fact, in the long-term care space, we see so much of it. Uh, if you go back and look at their medication history, they'll be on an antidepressant, and then before long they're on a blood pressure medicine that they didn't have to take before. And the reason is the antidepressant levels are increasing serotonin levels, and it's jacking up the blood pressure. And so that's a side effect of something that, that they're still trying to adjust to get working right. And it creates a cycle, right? Then you have to start trying to subtract, and then you don't know what's causing what. It's that's right. It can be a nightmare. That's right. Well, so I know we've had an interesting year. Uh, from a lot of the business we talked to, things were going great up until about the end of February. And then things shifted. So what's it been like for you guys with, with your research, the work you're doing? Uh, been tough, had opportunities? What have you seen with this COVID-19 2020 we're facing? You know, the long-term care space was was and is still our love, and it's also our core business. And those people starting in the beginning of March were in deep trouble. And they were being shut down by agencies in terms of allowing people in and out. And their focus really became very quickly 
you know, making sure we have enough PPE, you know, protective gear, make sure that we can get our people tested. Survival was what they were after. Absolutely it was. And and we, we had a, a large client in Ohio that, that we'd been working on a pharmacogenetic project with. And one day everything was going wide open and the next day it was shut down and it, it, it occurred overnight. And it was the massive paradigm shift and our business hit, we hit a wall. I mean, it was just a dead stop. And, um, and yeah, we actually, we had to furlough our employees uh, for, well, fortunately it was only 30 days uh, at the beginning of March because our business completely stopped and dried up from our pharmacogenetic business. And at that point, Robbie and I looked at each other and Robbie said, we're gonna get in the COVID testing business. And I looked at him like he had three eyes. <laughs> I didn't want a COVID virus anywhere near our lab or anywhere near our facility. But as we looked into the science and as we looked into what it would take to run those tests, it turned out that we had the perfect setup in terms of equipment. Uh, our, our lab director, who's a genetic scientist uh, and a professor at Brunel University, um, was very able to put together a, a rapid, high-capacity, high-throughput uh, COVID test. Uh, and... Gosh, within 30 days, we were in the COVID testing business. Wow. And it saved our bacon. Well, how does that feel, guys? I'm, I'm just imagining to be so focused on the, the pharmacogenetics and then have the ability to flex and, and pivot like that. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. 30 days, right, Brett? Yes. That's... Well, you know, so from time to time, I get to lecture at Northeast Georgia or University of North Georgia uh, sometimes down at University of Georgia, some other places, in business classes, entrepreneurship institutes, and I talk about pivoting. And some business owners, they'll pivot in a minute. They'll next thing you know, well, we're over here, we're over there. Brett and I are both hard-headed, so we don't we don't really pivot so much. But the one thing you do is if you're going to pivot, mm-hmm. pivot hard and go fast. you got to be all in. you got to be all in. You're 100% committed to our pivot. And um, that's one of the great things about about uh, the partnership that Brett and I have. You know, we're different people. We see see the world differently. Uh, you know, we butt heads every once in a while. But but when we decide we're on to something, we're on it. And we're pretty much unstoppable force, the two of us. And um, and so that's made that's made the pivot. You know, you could get a lot more inertia. Right. You know, very quickly. And uh, having a great business partner has been been one of the greatest blessings for that for us. I think the story you just told is a wonderful example for business leaders who are listening today, because the start of your story is one that is practically universal in businesses, not just in the U.S. It's practically universal. And what do you do? Do you do you go? Do you just stop, as you say, or? You, you, you just have to become creative, and that's uh, pivot has become the, the favorite word, and I think um, I found out that was from basketball, where a basketball player was trapped one place, and so he, he turned, and he or she pivoted, that's, and that, that's what we have to do, and find what's the next move we can make, and you guys have an inspiring story there, Bo. Well, I think as business owners, too, it's the difference between being proactive and reactive. There's a lot of businesses that are going to go under because they're wait. They just kind of sit back and they're scared and they're waiting for something to happen. You proactively came up with a plan and pursued it. And and kudos to that. But when we come back, we're going to have to go to another break. But I want to talk about where you're going next. What's with some vision casting for the next few years, next year, three years, five years down the road? I have a feeling you guys would have some fun with that conversation. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton with Brett and Robbie from Progenics. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. 
And we talked about how COVID-19 has impacted so many businesses. And we were talking before we went to the break with Robbie and Brett about how they went all in and embraced this and and they're doing COVID-19 testing. And guys, what I do want to know uh, but as we get, move forward is, what do you see moving forward? Is this a long-term deal? Is it going to shift and evolve over time? What do you guys, the plan as you see it today uh, with the COVID-19? So um, it depends who you talk to right. uh, and, and who you listen to um, in terms of how long the disease is going to remain active in the community, uh, what's coming next. Uh, as, as we were talking during the break, the, the virus itself doesn't lend itself well to a vaccine. Uh, it's a tough bug. Uh, and with the start of the fall season and with the flu season, uh, we think that the, uh, the path for testing is going to be even greater uh, in the fall and in the winter than it was uh, this summer. So, uh, but, but at some point, we, f- we feel that that COVID testing will be a business line um, that, that won't sustain itself. So we're looking at, uh, at other types of viral testing, other respiratory pathogens uh, that we can run uh, on our equipment um, for pneumonia, uh, bacterial infections. Um, we're looking at a tuberculosis product right now. Uh, and expanding our business lines so that if and when this uh, this COVID pandemic uh, rids itself, uh, we're positioned well so we don't have to make another pivot. Uh, and we always have our pharmacogenetics business, and that's actually starting to, interest in that is starting to pick up uh, dramatically over the last couple of months, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with health systems and um, uh, large providers really looking for ways to better treat their patients uh, and and save money and stay in business, reducing adverse drug events, reducing the chance of readmissions of their patients into the healthcare systems, and reducing uh, medication risk and, and polypharmacy. You're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. We're talking to Brett Grouse and Robbie Rupert from Progenix, and, and we're talking about Where's COVID going? Got some good ideas, guys. But but even broader than that, Progenix, what's the vision for the overall business model and where you'd like to be going a year from now, three years from now? A little vision casting. Well, we've we've been very, very fortunate. Uh, we, we got a lot of support locally. Local folks uh, got involved with us. Uh, we're doing a good bit of work with Northeast Georgia Health System, a fantastic group of folks over there. And there are opportunities to grow our molecular business uh, with them, and um, and the the larger lab companies um, have have largely failed some of these rural markets. The the physicians are waiting two weeks right. sometimes to get results, um, and that that was not just COVID related. That was everything, um, and so we see first thing an opportunity to to take some of that market, and and provide. You know, real, I hate to use the term, but down-home service. You know, having a, a local lab company that will come pick up your specimens when you need something done in a rush uh, and do things in a way that a larger lab company can't do and um, and capture that business and service that market in a way that people haven't had in a long time. And so we think that we build ourselves a pretty nice base there. And at the same time, like Brett was talking about, our pharmacogenetics business, which is where our love is, uh, that 
that business is going to continue to expand. The cost of that test is dropping, okay, and yep. that takes the that takes the bad bad actors out of the marketplace because there are bad actors in the healthcare marketplace just like everybody else. And um, and and better uh, utilization of the data is going to drive reduced cost of care and improved outcomes. And that's what health systems have to have in today's health world because they're in a transition. They're in a revenue transition. So as for the longest time, you, you performed a fee you got a service fee, you know, the fee for service. That was that's that was the model in healthcare for the longest time. And then over the last several years, uh, as we're looking to find ways to to reduce the cost of care while still maintaining a certain level of service, accountable care organizations and what it's all called value-based payment models so that you get paid for performance instead of getting paid for doing a service. And so right now, about 30% of health system revenues are, are, fee, are, are value-based, okay. and 70% are fee-based. Well, in the next 10 years, that's going to flip, and it's going to go 70-30 the other way. And so companies like ours that can bring real value by the use of data to help personalize, individualize um, patient treatments programs, we're, we're on the cusp of of and the cutting edge of, of where we can provide benefit on value-based payment models and so so that drives a huge value for us you know we're business guys we want to build it get it to a certain place and sell it right and um and and we've been talking this value-based stuff in fact we started talking value-based stuff like six years ago and they'd look at you like you got a third eye in the middle of your forehead they didn't know what you're talking about but some people did and they listened long enough to say, okay, you guys, are, you're on to something, so we'll stay with you. You yeah. saw it coming. Yes. Yeah. Well, so the model, so are we, so you great partners with, with the hospital and, and the systems. And like you said, there's um, a lot of these these local offices, but is the model to grow kind of deep here around the, the, the lab, so to speak? Or are you structured and set up with the goals to grow wide, regionally, nationally? What's, I'm just curious, kind of what's the, what's the big picture? Well, I think that we've got to grow deep before we can go wide anyway mm-hmm. from a business perspective. And I think that we've got a great opportunity to to really stabilize the company from a cash flow perspective, balance sheet perspective. Brett does an amazing job of managing all that stuff. And um and so so we're we, we, we can get we can get deep and at the same time there are, there are folks that we've been talking with that really wanna partner with us. Mm on how to deploy what we do into health systems and make a cookie cutter, make a template for how you do this. And then that template is your value. And then you use relationships like maybe Walgreens Health Systems Divisions and other places like that to blow it out and let it get wide for you that way. So perfect the model and then we can scale. Absolutely. like it. Bo, this has all been very fascinating to me. I'm a guy who just barely passed high school chemistry. And I think the reason I did the instructor did not want to see me again the next year, and he knew I did not want to see him. So getting uh, getting the grip on what these guys have done, are doing, and are planning to do is absolutely fascinating. Well, I think something that's very powerful, and you guys have done a good job, is, is I've asked questions. Is Sometimes this is. This can be complicated um, 
complex things we're talking about, but being able to break it down so the, so the consumer or your partner out there understands exactly what you're doing. I think there's a real art in that. It's a good thing these guys played golf together that day. That's right. That's right. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, so tell us a little bit about the, you know, I met you guys over at the, the business incubator at Brunel University, over at the, the Featherbone University, right? Uh, so tell us about the lab over there. That's, that's really kind of a cool setup over there. And what all's going on there? So we, um, Robbie and I actually, with, with my son, Blake, who is our uh, manager of operations over at the lab, uh, the three of us built every square foot of that laboratory uh, from the walls to the ceiling to the electrical to um, the benches the bench tops uh, pretty much everything in there we built by by hand and sweat uh, and and uh, I'm fortunate that Robbie worked uh, a lot of construction jobs when he was younger because he's got those skills which I, I definitely do not uh, but we have uh, we started out with about 1,300 square feet of, of really beautiful lab space. Um, if cool you ever floor. get a chance, cool floor. Yeah, we've got a great floor. We we've got this <laughs> polished concrete stained blue floor that when you're standing on top of it, it looks like you're walking on the ocean. It's really it's really beautiful. But we started out with a, a, a set of um, what's called PCR um, polymerase chain reaction equipment uh, from a, a, a nationwide distributor called Thermo Fisher. And uh, we have all the, the tools and all the automation to, um, to run um, up to 1,000 samples right now of, of COVID a day and, and even more on uh, the pharmacogenetics side. Um, and we, um, we recently expanded into another 800 square feet in the business incubator uh, and built out a clean room where we do all of our virus handling and all of our, um, our clean room work uh, for the COVID testing. So we're we're up to right about uh, right about 2,000 square feet of space. We started with four employees. It was Robbie and his wife Penny, myself and Blake, and we now have 20 employees. Wow! And Bill, you talk about the stress of managing the finances and the payroll, and you know every two weeks, I'm I'm feeling that stress. It's right there. It gets it's more right complicated there. as you add people. Wow! Yeah, sometimes yeah. you're pulling a rabbit out of the hat. I always say business would be easy if you didn't have to manage all those people. You know. Um, but we're um, we're fortunate to be at the incubator for now. Uh, it it provides us a a fairly um, aggressive uh, fixed overhead cost, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we're we're not definitely not in Class A office or lab space. Uh, but what we've built out there is is clearly Class A space. It's pretty nice. Next time you guys come over, I'd, we'd love to show you the uh, the lab and give you a tour. Yeah, I need to. I've, I've walked by the clean room, which I thought was really really neat i wanted to know more about that but I, yeah i'd love to take a tour of the whole space thank really you nice. for the invite we'll do it that's right might even go up to um hops right i, I don't know if y'all have had getting off topic this <laughs> have y'all had his his pork rinds oh yeah oh, okay yeah. okay so we're gonna take the tour take the guys up to hops for pork rinds food is never off topic the, for you pork rinds are starting to show I'm <laughs> yeah they're sizzling the whole time you eat them nah, that's what's nice okay i digress uh, so, so that's exciting, guys. Let's uh, we're gonna have one more segment. I want to talk a little more about the business and and where we're going, impacting the community. Uh, very fascinating conversation, Bill. Very much so. I'm Bo Henderson here with the guys from Progenics. We'll be right back on North Georgia Business Radio X. Community is something we see in common with with most of the local businesses we talk to, Bill. They're involved in the community. They're making an impact in the community. 
whether it's it's their business involvement, supporting a lot of our great local organizations. And as we're talking to, to Robbie and Brett from Progenix today, I know you guys have a lot going on with the community. And we, we kind of hinted at that a couple times with some of the things with Northeast Georgia and some of the other local organizations. But let's talk a little bit about, bit about the role of community in what you guys are doing. Well, as we've told many folks at the, the Greater Hall Chamber of Commerce, um, we, we've actually reserved a portion of our business to take care of the community specifically. Uh, Robbie touched on some of the bigger labs that have failed their rural communities, um, you know, taking 10 to 12 days to get test results back on, on a COVID test. Um, we get our test back to our clients not only locally, but the ones in California and Illinois, Ohio, in 24 to 36 hours. And we do that um, because we're not, uh, we're not taking on more than we can chew, but we are carving out a good portion of our business um, for the local Gainesville and, uh, and North Georgia community. And that was, some, that was a commitment that we actually made even to the Brunel folks as we were talking about expanding our offerings to, to, uh, to include COVID testing. And um, we saw what happened with a lot of labs, and there were a bunch of really good labs in, in Atlanta. And as soon as, as they got started, the first thing, the state would come in and just buy up all their production and then load them up trying to get them to run 3,000, 4,000 samples a day. And you've got to have some pretty pretty robust systems in place to keep that from breaking. And um, and so we knew, we knew what we could handle. We know what we can handle today without breaking our systems. And we know how to scale beyond that. We just double up our systems. Uh, but, you you know, you got to see the chicken or the egg. In this case, it's the egg. And so so we, we, uh, we've been very focused on working with the local community, working with Northeast Georgia Health Systems. We do, uh, we do uh, work with Longstreet Clinic. Uh, we do uh, the, the opening of the schools has been a big deal. So uh, Northeast Georgia uh, has, has actually worked on, on testing some elementary schools. Uh, and we've been, been el- uh, instrumental in helping there because we do get things done you know, within 24 hours. I mean, the truth of the matter is when you've got a virus that its incubation period is between three and 14 days, and then the time that people cleared out of their body is anywhere from three to 14, but sometimes even longer, a 10-day ten day old test is meaningless. In right. t- I mean, by that time, it could all be gone or, you know, there's just so A lot can things. happen in 10 days. A lot can happen. And so, so providing very fast results has allowed local schools, like, for example, we worked really hard with Riverside Military as they brought their cadets back. And we got a very, very aggressive and robust program in place over there to test the staff before the, before the cadets came back, to, to, to test the cadets a couple of times on, on both sides of that 14-day window. So we knew that we, that we had a pretty good uh, protection layer in there, and then now they're doing some regular testing. And that's the way that you're going to that's why you're going to control this thing. That's how they do it in nursing homes when they're successful at doing it. They've got programs to deal with who's who's coming and going. That's the employees and uh, and who's staying and they manage that. And so so we brought what we knew and what we learned in that to those clients. And we've been we've been good to our commitment. We are uh, we are totally focused on our, our local area. It doesn't mean that we're not going to take business from out of out of the room, but but we will not take business that hurts our local market because our local market they're they're our neighbors. 
So that so you brought up something, Robbie. So I was wondering that in these long-term care facilities, the, in, in some cases, these are more at risk um, population. So the key is just very regimented to be successful at regimented programs. Absolutely. Okay. So that's okay. That's the key. And Fast results that. and regimented programs. And if you stick to it, we saw we saw some of our clients in, in Ohio where they had huge infection rates, and they they were rigid on their protocols. And over a period of a few weeks, you know, we got it down to nobody. Everybody uh-huh. was safe. Well, so one of the things as we're kind of talking through the 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 impact in the community. Um, I'm thinking about our listeners today, listening to what you guys do. And one, I wanted to make sure people out there know what you're working on, kind of behind the scenes over there in the lab. But how, as a community, can we encourage, support? Uh, what, what would you say, guys, that, that listeners could do to support progenics? Or is it just raise awareness, let, tell people about them, tell their the places they do business? I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how can we... If they go to the doctor, tell them don't send their results to LabCorp. There you go. Okay. There you go. Hey, that's what I was looking for. Raise your hand, Progenix. So this is this is one of my favorite parts. We just got a couple minutes. I want, this can be just, uh, Brett, I'll start with you and then we'll come back to Robbie. We're going to drop the business. We've got a good picture of what you guys do. What are your favorite things to do? This is the this is the thirty seconds about Brett. We know golf and, and cigars. You got to do give me something else. <laughs> Not in that order. Um, I actually I, I've I've spent the last twenty one years in Georgia, but I grew up in Northern California, believe it or not, and was an avid skier, ski racer. I love to ski. I I try and go on one or two trips uh, every winter. It's one of my favorite things to do. I live on Lake Lanier uh, down in Cumming and uh, enjoy that. Uh, wakeboarding and wake surfing and any kind of board sports with my four boys one of my one of my four boys any one of my four boys um like to be active i like to you know not just play golf and but uh to do a, a whole bunch of things so that's um that's what i like that's a like good mix and get you a good change of pace outside of the lab too in those financials we were talking about yes sir all right robbie what you got well, you know, golf and cigars, but um, right, that's but, what we got. But yeah. the uh, the I love I love playing music. Okay, um, I like working with my hands. Uh, I have a bunch of different hobbies, building guns, do all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, so, uh, I'm I'm an oddball. I see something, and I say, "Wow, that looks like fun. I think I could probably do it." Next thing you know, I'll go get all the stuff to do it. And my wife is going, "Oh God, he's here we go." Something else. And uh, but but uh, but I enjoy you know doing things and, and working around the house. And what kind of music you play? Uh, all kinds of different stuff. Okay. You know, jazz, rock. I play piano. So all kinds of different things. We learn something new every day. Well, you know these guys. You can't call them nerds. I'm glad we included this <laughs> segment because they're well, very versatile. They have. We had to talk to Robbie at the break about going that way. Yeah. No. <laughs> now, I'm I'm more apt to call us hillbillies than nerds. So. <laughs> I like it, guys. So as as we kind of wind this up, anything just. I know it might be a little different with the consumer facing. Anything for for the listener? Go to the website just to keep abreast of what you're doing, or is it more just hey, more awareness of what you're doing? Well, anybody that's interested in the pharmacogenetics, obviously, triple uh, W progenics dot com, and that's P R O with a dash G E N E X. So P R O hyphen G E N E X dot com. You can go there and uh, you can uh, you can find out all about pharmacogenetic testing, which is a big deal. Uh, and um, and if you've got questions about COVID nineteen, there's a bunch of information there. Um, and obviously, we can refer them to providers. Brett, 
Robbie, thanks so much for sharing what you're doing with Progenics. Dr. Bill Lanton had a blast on the show. Those of you who know Dr. Bill, you can find out more about what he does at championshipcommunication.com. Best uh, business website for me is bizcommunicationguy.com. Bizcommunicationguy.com. And I'm Bo Henderson with North Georgia Business Radio X. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And remember to support our local businesses.